I said, well, hell, I got it going on then. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Reload Podcast. My name is Kyle Boone, and joined with me today, Dustin Ragusta. Dustin, the last time we convened, we talked about new OSU commitment, Colin Oliver. The time before that, we talked about Raymond Gay. So fittingly today, we're going to talk about some new commitments. Jaden Bray and Mikhail Smith have committed to Oklahoma State. And uh, we'll get into that in just a second. Before we do, though, if you're listening to this, please stop what you're doing, grab your phone, go to iTunes, and number one, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast and to the Pistols Firing Podcast with Carson Cunningham and Kyle Porter. And then number two, leave us a five-star review and a message or a question. And if there's any questions in there, we will address them on our show next week. And uh, this will allow us to be a little bit more visible in, in the podcast space. And uh, hopefully we can reach more Oklahoma State fans and it will allow us to do more podcasts in the future like this. So with that said, let's get to the news, Ragu. Uh, Jaden Bray, a big body receiver from Norman, Oklahoma, committed to Oklahoma State over the weekend. And uh, it, it was met with quite a bit of fanfare and I think with good reason. He's a three-star recruit. Six foot three, 190 pounds from Norman High School. Had offers from Arkansas, Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas, and a whole bunch of others. Ultimately decided OSU was his fit. And I know you watched the tape. What was your takeaway from watching Jaden Bray? Because my initial thought when I watched him, super impressed, remind me a little bit of maybe Marcel Aitman just because he's so big and so talented. Uh, what was your takeaway from watching him? Yeah, I like him a lot. Um, I was able to watch Norman High play Broken Arrow and then Norman play uh, more. And in the Broken Arrow game, he looked really good. I think he finished with – I had it pulled up. He finished with four receptions. I, I counted six targets, one drop, 89 yards, and a touchdown. But, yeah, I mean, that Marcel Aitman fit seems to be pretty good. Anybody – any Oklahoma State receiver that we've thrown fade route, routes to in the red zone, you could probably compare him to because yep. both games I watched, he scored a touchdown in the red zone on a fade. And then when I watched his huddle tape after I watched those two games, it looked like he had like three or four more of his 11 touchdowns came um, in that scenario. But he's good. I, I think so. I know we've had some talk in the pistols firing PFP plus forum, which if you're not, uh, subscribe to you should definitely do that because there's a lot of good convos in there but I know there's been some chatter about using the phrase under the radar yeah. a little bit too much but I think this guy is and the reason why is he wasn't kind of like we talked about in the past with some of the guys he wasn't the main option for them mm -hmm. so they had two other seen they had two senior receivers who their quarterback Horton looked to a lot. Um, they seem to kind of be his main option over Bray. And then out of the eight guys who caught passes for Norman last season, only two of them weren't seniors. Their running back was a senior, their quarterback was a senior. So I think a little bit of that 
comfortability between that senior class might have dropped him in the shadows a little bit because his overall just athleticism, I think you mentioned it, but he's a two-way guy, plays basketball as well. Mm-hmm. He's able to go up and get the ball. He's not afraid to block. He has really fast feet. So a lot of times bigger guys, when there's press coverage on them, they'll one of their strengths will be you know being able to use their hands to get off press coverage. He doesn't even need to because he has such good moves off the line. He's able to just get right by the defender without – the defender or him even touching each other, which is pretty impressive for a guy at 6'3". One thing I noticed that was a little odd, he kind of has his back leg completely straight, which normally as a receiver, you want that a little bent. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because when he pushes off for leverage, if it's already bent, you're basically saving yourself a split second from having to bend your leg. And since his is straight, he has to bend it. So it slows him down a little bit. But like I said, he's got those quick feet. So he makes up for it pretty fast after that. But I really like this guy. I think this is a guy that can come in. And I know I saw our friend, friend of the pod, Adam Lunt, say in the forum that he thinks this is the type of guy who could come in and play right away. And I agree with him. He's, he could probably put on a little bit of weight for that, for that height, for that frame. But yeah. overall, I think he's a solid player. I, I really like him. And I, I think – I think next year he gets bumped up to a four-star. Yeah, I agree. I think that's probably true. Uh, you look at his statistics from last season, and I'm pulling from, it looks like Max Preps here, uh, had 40 receptions, 936 receiving yards, 11 touchdowns. So more than 25% of the time when he, he actually grabbed the ball, he was completely housing it, which is really impressive. And you mentioned a little bit under the radar, probably because he wasn't, you know, one of those top options. I think we can officially say he's not under the radar anymore, just because you look at since the season ended, uh, programs across the country are really digging into his tape and they're liking what they see. So January 8th, Eastern Michigan was his first offer. This is according to 247 Sports. Uh, and then s- over the next few months, Iowa State, Kansas State, North Texas, Oklahoma State, SMU, Kansas, New Mexico State, Arkansas State, Baylor, Arkansas, all offered. And that was uh, basically from January through May. So uh, not not completely under the radar, and I think that really kind of underscores just kind of how meteoric his rise has been as a recruit. I think people are really starting to find out more about this kid, and the more they find, the more they like. So this is a really good get for Oklahoma State, and I think – Beating, beating Arkansas is maybe a little bit underrated, but Arkansas every year is just kind of a thorn in Oklahoma State's side in recruiting. Yeah. And almost every year, it seems like they pull one or two guys who either were committed to Oklahoma State and then flipped to Arkansas or guys who were heavily considering Oklahoma State end up choosing Arkansas. So this is a huge win to not only, do, to not only beat the Razorbacks on the recruiting trail, but also – uh, keep one of the most impressive, I think, uh, in-state recruits in the state of Oklahoma. And um, I'm looking – you mentioned Adam Lunt here. He is a dual-sport athlete. And Lunt points out, every OSU commit thus far, which is a seven-man class, with the exception of one, is a multi-sport athlete. So – it's almost becoming kind of the running Mike Gundy joke is, is uh, you know, like he loves his family. 
he tries hard, doesn't say a word. And now you have to add like the caveat that, oh, he plays multiple sports. Um, and that's just like kind of a requirement to, to be an Oklahoma State recruit. It's, it's pretty impressive <laughs> what they've been able to do. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Another thing about Bray, along with the kind of the Gundy superlatives you hit on, is he seems like a Casey Dunn type guy. He, you could just tell watching him, like when I was watching those two games, the competitiveness, the one drop I mentioned, it was on a wide receiver screen, ball hit him right in the hands, and you could tell he was visibly upset after the play, but came out very next play, made a sick catch, basically went up, contested ball, snatched it from the defender as a bad throw. And so um, you could just tell he has that competitive nature that guys like Tylen Wallace, James, James Washington all have and that uh, Casey Dunn really likes in his wide receiver core. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think it's a really solid get. Um, so Jaden Bray, we hit on that. He was the first commitment of the last week for Oklahoma State. A day after Jaden Bray committed, Mikhail Smith out of Midwest City, that's Mike Gundy's alma mater, uh, committed to Oklahoma State. I saw him listed at 6'2", 165. He is a listed athlete, but he's expected to play defensive back for Oklahoma State, and that gives OSU its second cornerback pledge of the cycle, joining Raymond Gay. Uh, free bingo space here. He is a two-sport athlete. Are you shocked? <laughs> I'm not, after everything <laughs> you just told me a second ago. I feel like Mikhail Smith is actually under the radar. Um, you know, Jaden Bray at least had, you know, some, some high major offers. This is the offer sheet from Mikhail Smith when he committed to Oklahoma State. Air Force, New Mexico, Oregon State, and Oklahoma State. That's it. Pretty short list. And not the most impressive. I was actually going to ask you, do you know, are they in on anybody else from Midwest City? Not that I'm aware of. But I didn't that's, see anybody. I just watched – so the two games I watched, I was really just paying attention to the defense, so I, yeah. didn't, I didn't even watch him play on offense. Um, he also plays on that side of the ball as well. But mm -hmm. I, I wasn't sure if they were in on, so, in on some other people there and this is a guy that just caught their eye or what. Yeah, he, so he played, um, he played receiver and cornerback at, at uh, Midwest City last season as a junior. Uh, but, you know, Midwest City is a, a place where Oklahoma State's always kind of – gravitated to try and get recruits uh one i think one name is will sunderland i believe he was at midwest city uh back in the day i think he ended up going to ou uh, i'm gonna pull yeah and he went to midwest city but yeah they they're always producing some really good talent and uh i'm i'm intrigued by him uh, just the fact that you know he, he played both sides of the ball for midwest city has some really impressive ball ball skills and Anytime you can get someone who's six foot two who plays receiver, you know that they have pretty good instincts just as a ball catcher. And when you're trying to move them over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, that, that in particular intrigues me because you can get guys who play cornerback and come to the next level. And you know they're going to be pretty mechanically sound. Uh, but going from receiver to cornerback with that size, I think uh, it kind of gives you a leg up. So, did you get to watch uh, Mikael Smith tape, and what did you uh, what did you make of him? Yeah, I got I watched uh, Midwest City play Muskogee, and then I watched the Choctaw game. And I think this one, I kind of want to go back to the two sport athlete playing both sides of the ball type of thing. Mm -hmm. His athleticism popped off. He was quick. Um, 
was able to turn and run with the receivers really well. You could tell he has the frame to put on some size and to, you know, be a really big defensive back, especially if he's playing cornerback for Oklahoma State. But other than that, it was kind of hard to get a feel on him at the cornerback spot where I think that he would be playing for Oklahoma State. In neither of those games, he didn't really get the ball thrown at him a bunch. Um, there was a lot of zone coverage and kind of off man, so not as much press. When he was in press coverage, he was kind of relying on his athleticism, wasn't really trying to out-physical the receiver, which you would think he would do being that size as a cornerback in, at the high school level. But not a ton stood out to me from the cornerback spot other than his kind of athleticism. I think he's – I think he's a guy they're just taking a flyer on yeah. and due to his size and his, his overall athleticism, which I think I've said like five times now that they think he could become something, but I didn't see a ton on tape right now. Not saying he was not good. I thought he was a solid player. It just, nothing really popped out to me. And I, I definitely think I was talking about Jaden, Jaden Bray getting that four star yeah. next season when he becomes more of a focal point. I think the three star rating is, for Mikhail Smith, it probably suits him well, at least from what I saw on tape for now. Yeah, and I I like that you know you harped on it several times the size and the athleticism, but you know those are those are two things that you can kind of work with. Um, they don't they don't need guys necessarily like like a um, like a Jaden Bray who can come in and compete right away. You know, mm-hmm. every for every guy that they take that could contribute from year one or year two you're looking at guys for Oklahoma state who they're taking a flyer on. They hope by year three in the program, you know, that they can grow into a quality starter or a rotation guy. And that may be just kind of who he is. Um, and, and that's perfectly fine. Um, I'm intrigued by it. I think the size, uh, the speed, the athleticism, the ball skills, it's at least intriguing and uh, certainly yeah. a Gundy special. Uh, I think you could say, because it, it reminds me a little bit of Jaden Nixon, who committed to Oklahoma State, he's going to play running back at OSU. He's not expected to be the only running back commit in this class. So they kind of took a flyer with him. They saw the speed. uh, They saw kind of the vision that he runs with. And they know that he's not going to be a three-down back in the Big 12 just because uh, size-wise, he's just a little bit on the smaller side. Uh, But, you know, he's got some some impressive physical tools, a dual-sport athlete, of course. And – and so I, I think he checks a lot of boxes. So same with um, same with Mikhail Smith. I think uh, you know you look at everything that he brings to the table. It's at least at least worth taking a flyer on, knowing that in a few years in the right program, he can kind of physically develop into at least a rotation guy. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And and the other thing, the intangible stuff, like he was playing special teams as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's hustling every play out there. So he's definitely a guy. I think you know when they went and watched him, watched some of his films, something popped out to them probably around his athleticism. And yep. they were like, Hey, this guy's good size, get him in there. It's a, I mean, the main thing he needs to work on is some technical stuff. Just yep. if he's going to play quarterback, there were some things I saw lacking technique wise, but I think he's got the ability to improve upon those. And Oklahoma state's obviously got the coaching staff to coach guys up. We've seen a lot of talented defensive backs come out of Oklahoma state yeah. in recent years during the Gundy era. So I definitely think this is a guy who they could bring in, develop and junior senior year, become a contributor on the defense. Yeah. I mean, look, if you can get Ramon Richards, a dual threat quarterback out of high school to come in and play cornerback as a freshman, 
uh, surely you can take a guy like Mikhail Smith, who's got a lot of physical tools. He's, he's got good speed. Uh, maybe not quite mechanically ready. Uh, and you, and you could coach him up. I think that's, uh, I think that's certainly worth a flyer and I'm excited for him. Uh, he is the seventh commit of the Oklahoma state 2001 or 2021 recruiting class, the lowest rated so far, uh, according to two, four, seven sports here. And of the seven, five are on the defensive end of the ball which is pretty fascinating. So now we think potentially there are some, uh, some offensive names going to come off the board here. Um, we don't know exactly when these commitments are going to come, but we do think that at some point in the next week, two weeks, three weeks, Bryson and Blaine Green, twins from Allen, Texas, and then Cameron Smith, a receiver, all three of those are receivers are expected to commit. I'm not saying they're committing to Oklahoma state, but um, word on the street is that they are planning to commit here pretty quickly. Do you have any predictions? Dustin Ragusa, this is, this is a prediction hour. Are you ready? I think, ready? I think we get, I think we get the green twins for sure. Yeah. And then I don't, I was telling you off air. I, I haven't been paying as close attention to Cam Smith, but yeah. I think they get him as well, and and then they just have a ton of receivers in this class. That'd be wild. So they're yeah. so they're for sure getting Jaden Bray to play wide receiver. Um, Bryson and Blaine. I think you know right now I could say with eighty five ninety percent certainty OSU is is uh, in a good spot with them. And then Cam Smith from from Texas, six foot one, one hundred seventy pounds, out of Denton. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Oklahoma State could get him too. So you're looking at potentially a four-man receiver class in 2021. <laughs> now they're they're losing a lot too. I think you have to kind of realize, number one, they lost Patrick McCoffman. They lost C.J. Moore, who was in the transfer portal. Uh, Dylan Stoner is entering his 13th season, and this will be his final. <laughs> Tylen Wallace will be off to the NFL after this season. I uh, believe Landon Wolf is a senior yeah, as well. Landon Wolf is as well. So um, that's five. That's five receivers. So potentially, even if they get Bryson and Blaine and Cam Smith, uh, they could end up taking one more. So they have a lot of production to try and backfill. And uh, this is going to be an interesting recruiting class just in terms of who they bring at receiver because they've got some intriguing talent on the roster too. Uh, Langston Anderson. That's my guy. <laughs> That's that's everyone's guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's my guy. There, there's there's a lot of buzz around Langston Anderson. Uh, I don't know if he'll have a breakout year, but I, I'm expecting big things for him in the future. Uh, Braden Johnson. There's a lot of talented receivers on this roster right now that should be ready to take the mantle from from Tylen Wallace. So it'll be interesting to watch. And you know what? Every time we podcasted over the past three weeks, it's been about an Oklahoma State commitment. So. Next time, perhaps, Regusa, it will be about another commitment. What do you say? Yeah, I think, uh, I think we'll have some good news and we'll be able to get back on next week and talk about it. Let's do it. All right, let's make it happen. Hopefully they can uh, work around our schedule. <laughs> for sure. All right, everyone. Thank you all for listening today. And if you haven't already, please go to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast and give us a five-star review. That helps us with our visibility so more Oklahoma State fans 
can get some good old fashioned OSU recruiting news. And uh, thanks again for listening. We will catch you guys on the flippity flop. Thank you. <laughs>